Welcome back to the Failed Orbit Records Podcast. Let's do it. I advertise my phony feelings through my eyes. You look closely enough. You see the subject when you try to walk away from me. As I was trying to do my deed. But I was strong enough to tell you that I'm always here. I wasn't paranoid. I was trying to fill my voice. It's a delicate procedure. Only hazard is my choice. Yeah! 
Coming up next is the interview with Todd. Um, he was in, you know, Temple Fugit, McCool Valley Blast Test, um, and a couple of other bands before that, which we talked about in the interview. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and play a Temple Fugit song, followed up by the interview. <laughs> Here we go. How you doing, dog? It's been yeah. a minute. Yeah, I've been all right. How you been? Chilling, you know, uh, living, staying yeah. safe. Thanks for doing yeah. this interview. Oh, no problem. Thanks for asking. There's <laughs> been I have a good story. Oh, I believe you do. There's been two other episodes where people have uh, brought you up. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, first thing I want to get out of the way is uh. How do we pronounce your last name? Can you uh, pronounce that? Uh, Balanswala. Balanswala. Okay. Yeah. Couldn't. I felt like an asshole because I kept calling you, referring to you as Todd B. Only out of oh, uh, a fear of fucking it up. Yeah. So, Todd, you're born and raised in Hawaii. Yeah. When did you start going to shows? I think I started going maybe like, you know, like, maybe like a first show was like, 93, so then, like, started going regular, like, 95. Your first show was in 93? What is that? You said your first show was in 
at that Broken Man show? Um, there was a guitar English teacher at like, Cross City High School that was like, really cool and his son was in a band. What band was so, the son kind of in? I think the band was called Blunt, maybe. It was called Blunt? And like, yeah. And it was like, I think it was like more metal band. It was like three bands, I think, and it was like, in a small space and uh, that was like the first time I went to a show and then after that, um, I went to like a show that Pinchala in the Wait, and that was in '95. This was this was still like '93, '94. And Pink Cadillac like, was already running. Yeah, Pink Cadillac was there for a while, and it was uh, you know, it was like Tom Boy, which is basically Mug with all my stuff. And uh, BYK and Broken Man again, and like Hell Yeah Bowlers. And I was like, it went to like two or three shows there. I just didn't know anybody. Like, just one of a couple of friends of mine that wanted to go and we went. So, were you, at, were you already like into punk stuff before you went to those shows, or did getting dragged? Uh, yeah, I was. Okay. Yeah, I was into it. And what kind of stuff like, were you into? How, how old were you back when you started going out? Well, to me, like, 16 or 17. Okay. And what were you listening to? I got, like, really into, like, Minor Threat and stuff. Like, really into Minor Threat. I think Descendants and stuff like that. All the bands, the starter bands that you get into. Yeah. But you were getting into them not, I guess, 10 years after the heyday of all that. Yeah. Yeah, basically, well, I didn't find anything early. I didn't know anybody until Punk, except for maybe like one other person, and it was just trying to find stuff and thinking, honestly thinking at the time that there wasn't any new bands, that all the bands built up, <laughs> because everything was basically all old SST or old Discord or you know, Dead Kennedys and stuff like that. And like the most current things that I heard was like Operation Ivy and that was like, you know, early 90s. Yeah. But they just, discovering Maxwell Rock and Roll really helped. Where did you get your first uh, issue of that? Oh, probably 93. I remember it was like an issue with the Econocrisis was in it. Yeah. Where, where did you like, find the Maximum Rock and Roll? Roll so free. It said like on the, on the cover free in the Bay Area. Where did you find that uh, that Maximum Rock and Roll in Hawaii? Oh, Tower Records. Oh, fuck. I forgot all about that place even existing. <laughs> they had some uh, pretty decent Z selection over there. Yeah, so I, I remember. found it a lot. I remember the first... I went there a couple times. The one in uh, Aiea? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they had like magazine section like right uh, near the front. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I remember that was pretty cool. Because I didn't really know anywhere else. Like when I was first coming into getting into punk and shit, 
I didn't really mm. know about zines or know where you could find them outside of Tower Records. And then that shut yeah. me down. Uh, after going to like those Pink Cadillac shows, did you, what was going on like in your scene? Like what was your high school life like? Was there a bunch of friends in your high school that went to shows? Uh, there's like a couple of people I knew that went to shows and like, there were like other people that didn't associate with that went to shows. But I think, yeah, the crowd I hung out with didn't really get into punk or anything. Oh, really? It was more, they did like smashing pumpkins and stuff like that. And ah, so when did you find yourself like really in the scene? Probably like '95 when I got uh, started going regularly to shows like once a week almost. And where were the? Was it? it uh, oh, what venues were you going to at that point? Oh, uh, there was a uh, Gaslong, which is in Chinatown, and uh, the Form Center. It was like the YWCA. In uh, at Manoa, which is like really good, it was like all ages and free stuff, no alcohol or drugs or anything. Right. Who was playing so over there? Like the uh, Who did there were other places too, you know, didn't go to more. I don't know, I've talked to a few different people, and the fast mm-hmm. zone comes up a lot. I think that might have been yeah. the, the only place for a little bit. Oh, yeah, it was, like, pretty much the only place for a while. For, like, a couple of years, maybe. And then the W, what was it? The YWCA? Yeah, the YWCA, um, I was really excited. Who was playing out there? Like, who, what bands did you see uh, at those shows? I saw, saw like, a band like, Power Palace when they first started. This kind of a band called Spurn and another Kanye side band called a uh, Bang Stick and Talia Bowlers and Broken Man and like another Crisis, which is like a really good band. But I got introduced to them and that's how I got in, basically. Oh, hell yeah. So, 95, you were getting into the thick of it. Did you, since I've known you, you've been in two bands. But were you in bands before yeah. that? Like before Makua Valley? Oh, yeah. I was in a band in, like, 96 called uh, Roswell. Roswell. Yeah. Do you guys have any music that's uh, on the internet? Or were you guys on any comps? No, we just did, like, practice dates at Moog. Uh, Kai from... Uh, Ignist and stuff with him. I think it might have been his first band or second band. Oh, if he had to admit to it, no. With wait, so Kai, one of Kai's first bands was Roswell with you. Yeah. Did you guys go to the same high school? Did he go to Pro City? Yeah, he went to Pro City too. Yeah, he was like a couple of years younger. Ah, okay. And then what about after Roswell? Is there anything between, like, After, what what happened before Makua Valley? Well, before Makua, they did Roswell for like a year or so, then that ended. I kind of dropped out for a little while, just 
whatever reason, <laughs> depression. And uh, I started getting back into it like 98, 99. Then I was in another band called Illuminati. And we only did like one show. What kind of band was so that? Was soul. Uh, Illuminati. Yeah. We did like, you know, I, I made a band camp for it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Okay, cool. You had to send me that link, boy. Yeah. I was like, what's like a bunch of North Shore guys? Yeah, from like White Lua and stuff. Holly Evil. First time I did vocals. I was watching guitar. Then for Illuminati, I did vocals. Makua Valley was uh, the, my introduction into power violence. Like, I had no idea what that yeah. was. I'd never heard anything like that. Were any of your other bands before mm-hmm. that leading to that direction? Uh, or was that just like a one-off thing? Roswell was to be like... Roswell, I wanted to be like that spazzy, emo-y, like, the chaotic kind of hardcore. Yeah. Like a, the San Diego Gravity Rested style. And the weekend, like, like that, it kind of, it kind of was both were kind of, and this guy did more power violent stuff, and this guy did more cool. But McCoy didn't have it for a while. Oh, okay. Like a dry spell. There was a you had a dry spell between uh, Illuminati and McCoy. Yeah. And it was that was like what ten years. Oh, close. So maybe like five or six. Oh, okay. I was kind of putting a show on and off. and just wasn't really hanging out with anybody. Then I got started with Nico, and she got into it. We got into it started. And that was just you two? Yeah. Right. Miko... We, tried, we tried a drummer. You did have a we drummer. We tried a drummer. Oh, we tried, and the guy was like, well, you gotta get a. At the time, he was playing guitar and a bass. The guy was like, "We're gonna get a bass player, right? We're gonna get a bass player, right?" And like, no, because they're like kind of like like iron lung and stuff with like just two pieces drumming guitar. I thought we could do that. Not that we could do it at like that, but you know, they're an example. You could try try mimic. Yeah. Didn't you guys... I remember they came to Hawaii and played next door. Yeah, yeah. And did you guys play that show too? I feel like you did. Yeah, we played both shows. Okay. Yeah, that was my first Power Violence show. Like, yeah, that introduced me to that whole world. Yeah, there was the only one only show here. Well, after, you know, like and stuff started and all began. Yeah, now there's like a, a whole grind kind of power violence. Uh, like it's yeah, the same five crazy. or six people, but I feel like yeah. uh, it's happening. There is that happening. And that's sick. I feel like you kind of helped pave the way for all that. Uh, you and Miko. <laughs> Yeah. Because y'all are the only two doing it. 
she did a lot of the heavy lifting with the project. Yeah, so did she uh, program programming the drum machine and uh, coming up with a riff and everything? And okay, I was gonna ask. <laughs> I didn't, and as when I would first hear you guys, I didn't know. Uh, I was always wondering, like, why isn't there like a steady four on the floor ever? Where's the, yeah, where's the yeah. D beat? There's no D beat. It's just like random, chaotic, heavy, mm -hmm. abrasive. And then I just got hooked on it. Because that was definitely for the longest time one of those. Uh, those uh, I need a circle pit. If it's not a circle pit, fuck you. If it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's really a floor play. Like, the whole crowd is like Elliot from the light. And yeah, all those grind bands now, and uh, just kind of time at the time with a Jesse, but there's only two left in the yeah. left in the whole place. If even a bartender's walked up, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. But yeah, they fucking it's definitely those like Elliot's still out there doing it. Yeah, it definitely paved the way for a lot of cool shit. And then, so after Makua, I mean, you guys played for how long? Maybe like five or six years and together. Then it, Probably played played shows from '07 to 2012, maybe. And then, uh, well, Temple Fugit. Was when, when did was that started while you were still doing uh, Makua? So no, Makua was done by that point. Okay. Like uh, I was talking to Joe from you know your band Substitute stuff, and he wanted to jump from Makua initially, but then we just I don't know it wasn't anything against him or anything like that. Just we're that in our machine. Then uh, after McClure broke up, I got talk, got to talking with him about this, and I wanted it again, like something to be hardcore, like as I mentioned earlier. But Jacoby came in, and we just kind of changed course. Yeah, it definitely and wasn't it a hardcore band, but it had oh yeah very spazzy elements. Like, it's very oh, yeah. hardcore spaz. And it was what, Pete Play, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you guys only put out that one release, right? Yeah, just just that one. And I think maybe on a comp, maybe. I remember. Yeah, how did... So you and Joe were talking about making a band. And then did you, yeah. guys, did you guys rope Jacoby into it? Yeah, I wanted somebody. You know, we wanted to wanted to, uh, compete in with a bass player, but then they they got switched up. That is, uh, he played guitar and I played bass. Ah, so you initially were going to be the guitar player. Yeah. Do you think the band would have sounded the same way had you played guitar? Oh, no, it would have been probably, like, 180. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could have played like that. I can't play like that. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of 
pretty picking and stuff. And fast hearts. Ah, man. They're in a parallel universe. That Temple yeah. Fugit turned up. You guys played for how many years? Like two or three years. You were short-lived. Yeah, pretty much like two or three years. But I remember when you guys would play, you get a, a big crowd. Yeah, it was, that was surprising. I mean, yeah, get shocked with stuff like that. <laughs> and I feel like you guys fit in like all the different circuits. Like the the hipster arty crowd really loved you guys, as well as like yeah. the punks and like pretty much everyone. Mm-hmm. Always fun to watch. And there was never any vocals. It was always just straight up instrumentals. <laughs> just groovy, groovy songs. Yeah. And you haven't played in any band since then, have you? We did a project called Banks. Okay. Who was that um, with? 2016 or so. With, uh, it was, Jacoby, Nico, uh, Ray, and uh, Adam. Damn. Wait. I must have vaguely heard about this. I was gone by that point. Yeah, you just, I think you just left. And did you guys record anything? Uh, we recorded like music for like all the songs that we had, but then only one track has vocals, and I found the... the on the South Orbitcom. How long that band only lasted? What, do you guys play a show or no show? They played shows. They played about a year, maybe. Then I think just people just went over into it. Or like, but, you know, people got busy. Like, they don't want Yeah. Life. Yeah. Yeah, drag. Yeah. <laughs> You're in line. Well, uh, you are known also for... I was talking with Ray about this. You have an amazing collection of music. Just I like, so But you have like some pretty rare gems. Some. I had some more. I remember I gave you the first press of the great out. Yes, you fucking did. Yeah. Yeah, that's so sick. Yeah, how did you... So did you get... Have you been just collecting random local band stuff since you started going to shows? So, so, yeah. Like, I got lucky enough to get, like, copies of demos from people so I can make a top. Stuff like that. So you can make what? Like, like, you know, people... You know, bands would do demos, then like they'd pass it around and they I'd finally get my hands on it, they make yourself a copy. Oh yeah, yeah. And you've also kind of I was talking with uh Kevin Jones and he yeah. mentioned you for uh pretty much turning him on to whatever is going on when he's far away. He was like, I hey, Todd would tell me about all sorts of stuff that's been happening. Do you still kind of keep uh, your finger on the pulse of what's going on out there with bands and stuff? 
Oh, yeah. I kind of like just check it out on Instagram and Facebook. I haven't really gone to a show. Well, show like not for the... I haven't been to a show in like a couple of years. Been busy with real world. Yeah. I get that. I also feel like there's just not as many places to have shows. I don't know. Yeah, just that's true. Looking out from, from the outside in, that doesn't mm-hmm. uh, feel like there's as many venues to do shows. I could be completely wrong about this. Just like none of the places I right. remember going to are still around outside of like Downbeat Manifest and Anna's yeah, I think, Bryan's. Yeah. I mean, there's on King, but they're pretty rare with those. Yeah, I looked into trying to do a show there once. I know you got to, like, pay money to rent it out, which probably deters people yeah. from booking shows there. Yeah, they're in the fat where half on now. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> yep. I was going to ask, do you have, like, any uh, vivid, like, memory from a show that just... Like, it was a wild moment that you uh, hold dearly? I think uh, the Freecon show, at, oh, I forgot where it was at. Freecon was a guy drinking mug and Hunter Monsters. Doing, like, a punk hardcore, and they'd, like, brush up at, like, like, Speedos and makeup and like just random shit and that show in particular they just came out and like somebody came out with like a can, like a giant cock stand full of like salsa threw it all on the dance floor then just people were like sliding around in the pit and everything wait they came out with what? a giant like a coffee can like full of salsa salsa? yeah <laughs> I did the on the floor. <laughs> I heard a show about some band at Pink Cadillac. I think they threw out a bunch of octopus or something or squid. I can't remember what band it was. Yeah. Yeah, Free Comic was one of the octopus. Oh, so it was the same band? <laughs> yeah, yeah, same band. Then you like, same band, yeah. You won't see that happening anymore. Oh, yeah. Do you see the stark difference between, like, shows back when you first started going and shows towards the end of when you were going to shows? I think the difference is, like, the crowds are older. Um, there's not... Or, there's no kids because there's no all-ages show. No way. Yeah. When you're younger, you're a lot more loose. Yeah. And so you let... A lot more people let loose, whereas, like, when you don't have all ages shows, you're kind of a lot of people have more are more self conscious mm-hmm. because they're older. Do you think that uh, yeah. it kind of hurts the scene to? Well, I mean, it definitely hurts the scene to not have all ages shows, but do you think that it's possible to have a thriving scene with no all ages shows? It's a tough one. I think I think it needs all these shows to thrive. 
it needs like new faces and new people to come in with new ideas and just it's things that so far it's not all based or I feel like it's just it's just things itself. But it's not really thriving. Yeah. I can see that it it really needs that uh useful energy that yeah. wide eyed uh generation of kids who I don't know, see what has been going on and applies it to their current way of life. Mm-hmm. Because you can't, like, <laughs> I feel like half the bands that we grew up listening to wouldn't be able to apply those same ethics in today's world. Yeah. And so if it's nothing but old people making all the bands and playing all the shows and you're not going to really get anything uh, that really represents the world today or like the the next generation. You're just going to keep getting the same old stuff recycled over and over. Yeah, I even noticed it even in like in in general, like not just here, just in all the bands I see that coming out or whatever. They're all older. They're like, you know, their thirties or whatever. They're they're sick and go around as a band and everything. Yeah. Do you notice them these bands having like a similar sound to each other? Uh, some do, yeah. Not too much. It's just I notice oh this band is like oh they're older. Well, this band looks older, too. <laughs> yeah. I don't, do you think Hawaii will ever make a... have another all-ages venue? I mean, it's hard to tell with this whole COVID shit if anything will ever happen again. I, I hope. I hope it happens. I hope someplace will be sympathetic with uh, someplace that not necessarily a bar or a club, but like a Y Y M C A or or a church or something even. Yeah, that's one thing. Since moving to DC, I've uh, seen is that churches will hold shows. Mm-hmm. Like I saw Ant- the last show. I saw no, not the last show, but I saw like Anti Flag at a church down the street not too long ago. And it was just like kind of wild that it was at a church. Growing up in Hawaii, like yeah. I had never seen anything like that in my generation of people going to shows. I think there was a church by university at shows, but oh, like in the 90s, like during Makula, we wanted. Initially, we wanted just to play all ages shows only, so we were trying to like write a road to the church because they're like pretty liberal and that could have shows there and stuff like that. And Which they respond. What is that? Which church? Oh, the Unitarian. Oh, okay. Yes. What? Where is our Unitarian church and why? I can't remember where it was. 
Ah, you know the church New Wanu? New Yeah. Do you know if it's still there? I think it is. Ah, well, if anyone's listening, hit up that freaking church as soon as it's safe to have shows. Yeah. What else did we try? We tried, like, Revolution Books. We tried New Age. Of course, I'm looking back. What about outdoor shows? Do you remember ever going to outdoor shows? Oh, uh, yeah. There, there used to be some down at Barber's Point. I remember hearing about like, that. That was like one like all like, uh, it was like a higher point. Like, it was pretty good. It was all free and everything. Oh, what is that? Oh, no. That's it. I'm just listening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no. So there were free beach shows at Barber's Point. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty, that's when like Jonah Ray and stuff was still down here, and his band was playing everything. Oh, they were playing at uh, Barber's Point. I think they might have. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing them around, seeing that around the shows. To ask him, I'm gonna have to get him on and ask him about all this shit too. <laughs> yeah, I feel about it. Get to this straight as through. <laughs> Will do. I heard about the straight edge, this uh, Kailua straight edge movement. Yeah, yeah. What was that like? Was it were they was Kailua were the Kailua punks known for being the straight edge punks? It seemed like yeah, at the time, yeah. And were they like proud straight edge, like rocking the X's? They rock X's, but it was it like militant. I don't think I've noticed that they're kind of political, but not, you know, not getting people's faces and smashing beers out of their hands. What do you mean when you say political? I think they're like into animal rights and stuff like that. Ah, so like vegetarian? Yeah. yeah. Thanks for uh, taking the time to chat about all this. Oh, no, thanks for having me, man. Is there any last words you'd like to, to say before we end this? Uh, take care of each other. And that was the interview with Todd Banswala. I'm sorry if it sounded like uh, shit audio quality-wise. Uh, I did my best. I'm not a professional. Again, I'm still learning how to get all this shit working. But I hope you enjoyed it and uh, hope you might have learned something. I hope someone maybe got inspired and it's like, ah, maybe I can go throw my own little all-ages show somewhere. Maybe I can find a place to start doing cool shit. I don't know. That's all I'm trying to get out of this whole thing is hopefully someone gets inspired to do some cool shit. I'm going to close out this episode with a song from one of Todd's old bands that he mentioned, Illuminati. Um, Take his advice and take care of each other. See y'all next time when I return from outer space. Yeah! Ah! <laughs>